0: This life-changing message comes to you from Church of the Harvest. It's our prayer that this message will inspire your life and bring hope to your future.
1: Glory to God. Well, welcome everybody. Did you come to hear and be healed today? Oh, that's not a good response. Did you come to hear and be healed today? Amen. Are you expecting God to do something for you today? So today is your your receiving day, right? Well, can you say that? Today is my receiving day. I am leaving different than I came. Because the power of God is in me. And I release it right now. I release my faith to God. Because it takes faith to hook up, but God is my healer, and I receive it in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, glory to God. You know, Jesus, who is the healer, does not heal you because of your faith. Do you know that? Why does he heal you? Because he loves you. The price has already been paid. It's not going to be paid. It's not a future thing he's going to do. It's a past thing he's already done. You know, it's not even um, his heart. Let me put it this way. His heart is disposed to show favor, and his tender mercies are over all his works. Now, are you a work of God? Yeah. And you know what? The Bible says it was all good. Every day in the beginning was the word. Every day when God got done, he said, he saw it and it was good. Right? So we went through seven days, right? All right. When in those seven days did God create cancer? When in those seven days did he create sickness and disease? He never did, and you never read anywhere in the Bible that God said it was good because it's not of God. It is of the enemy, and if you understand the beginning, when Adam ate, the curse entered in, and with the curse comes sickness and disease. So you have to know something about your enemies, and you have to know something about your benefits. So with that, we're going to keep it pretty light this morning, and I'm actually going to keep my portion pretty short because that will be the first miracle of the day. So actually, miracles have already begun, and uh, I have seen them in my own home this morning. So I know that they're, even if I hadn't seen, but I, I know in here... And I have seen actually in my own home this morning. So glory to God. So we're gonna we're gonna do um, we're gonna have some participation today, and so I'm gonna I'm gonna get some volunteers from the from the audience if that's okay. So Pastor Bob, you're gonna be the first volunteer. Would you stand up, please? And let's see, you volunteer. Thank you. Uh, uh, it's not a volunteer draft. It's a draft draft. Okay. Um, Miss Juanita, you wanna you wanna you wanna be a volunteer for me, please? Thank you. Thank you. I wanna talk to you about benefits today. And so we're gonna take and look at benefits in the natural. Pastor Bob is an entrepreneur. And he has hundreds of people that work for him, and hundreds of subcontractors. And he has such a wonderful heart that he has this wonderful benefit package. So, Pastor, what's in your benefit package for your people that work for you? Uh,
0: paid vacation. Oh. Paid vacation. Oh well, sick days. All holidays are off. Overtime pay, insurance. uh, I have life insurance and I have medical insurance and dental and vision insurance. Great place to work. Invite you, invite you to come. None of that. We don't hire those. No, no. (laughs) Yes, we we have counseling. Yes, yes, we do. We have, we have all that. You know my company well. Okay. Yeah. Companies. <laughs> what, else do you have? what else? A great great retirement plan, pension plan, yeah. Right. What else? Yeah. Guaranteed, what? Raises. Guaranteed raises. Guaranteed, Guaranteed raises, got all that, yes. Don't wait on cost of living. We just give you a raise anyway. We have an open door policy. Right? Open door, yes. You can you come in any time. Yes.
1: Is that a pretty yes. good benefit package? Yeah. Anybody want that benefit package? Amen. Yeah. All right, good. All right. Now, uh, do you have any more mics that we can use? Well, let's journal. So, this is one of Pastor Bob's faithful employees, and her name is Juanita. She's been with the company about 10 years. And she has this wonderful benefit package. She has gone through orientation, and she knows about everything that's in the benefit package. She's been given paperwork. She has signed everything. And she has knowledge of every benefit that's offered. Okay? So Juanita has to go and access one of these benefits. All right? But here's what happens. I am the protector of the budget I am the protector of the company and no dollar is going through that I can help it you got it all right so Miss Juanita what 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 why don't you um you want to come in you want to come and try and get vacation time first
2: yes
0: ma'am okay, well,
2: here you go I'm going to stand right
1: over here and you're submitting Paperwork for vacation
2: time. So tell us what you're going to do. Oh, I want three weeks vacation. Uh, Three weeks vacation.
1: So you're going to bring your paperwork to me? All right. Ooh, three weeks.
2: Yes.
1: Oh, you know, this is our busiest time. You, You can't have three weeks.
2: Oh, why can't I?
1: Well, because it's our busiest time, we don't let anybody off during those three weeks.
2: Well, you should let me off.
1: Well, I can't do it. You know, it's just <laughs> policy. I just can't do it.
2: Well, why not?
1: Because we don't let anybody off.
2: Well, that's the first time I've heard about I it. No, it's new. Well, I just don't understand. I
1: know, but you'll just have to ask for other time. Oh. Okay.
2: okay. Well, I guess so. Okay.
1: All right. Good. Now, do you get what happened? What happened? She approached you for something that she already used, that she had in her benefit bag, but yet she didn't demand the benefit. Was she was the benefit entitled? Yes. We heard it from the chief. Yes. The benefit. Did she know the benefit existed? Yes. Did she try to access the benefit? Yes. Did she succeed? Was he unwilling to give her the benefit? So what stopped her from giving it? I was the problem. <laughs> right? Okay, so thank you all. I'm going to use that. I'm gonna, I'm, we're just going to build on it. Thank you, thank you. So, I, well, I should have had you come back and demand your rights. You want to do that? Let's come back. We want to finish on a good note because i want to pull this apart a little bit.
2: I demand my rights.
1: Well, I said no.
2: Uh, I say yes. Well, what are you going to
1: do about it?
2: Well, go talk to the preacher.
1: Go <laughs> well, talk to the preacher.
2: Can I have three weeks' vacation?
0: I see no reason you can. It's yours.
2: Well, thank you. Thank you very much. You're so
0: welcome.
1: (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I want you to have a physical picture that you can see what happens in the spirit realm. Let's go to Psalms 103. Now, without the Word of God, the Word. Jesus became flesh and dwelt among us. The word and Jesus are the same. If you have no word in you, you have no power. You don't know what your benefits are. You cannot stand when the enemy comes and attacks you because you have no, nothing to fall back on. You have no rights. He will take your rights from you. He'll convince you you're not the best. You're not the greatest. You're not the littlest. You're not the biggest. You've been in it too long. You know, in it too long is a big thing. You get weary, you sit down, and you quit. Your mind says, oh, yeah, you're doing everything you know to do, but the truth of the matter is, no, you're not, because you're weary in the battle. Well, how do you get unweary? The Word of God, the Word of God. Fill up till you can't, you think you're so overflow. Fill up some more. Because it's the word inside of you that actually pushes out the sickness and disease. And I'm going to answer this question for people. Yes, healing always comes. Always. Always. It is always God's will to heal everybody, every time. Well, how do I know that? Because look at the life of Jesus. I want to challenge you to go through the scriptures. And you tell me one time that Jesus said, oh, bless your heart you've been a little bad, you need to keep this for a little while longer, and when you've repented long enough, come back, I'll heal you. He never said that, and he never did that, you know. And there's cases where he said, and Jesus healed them all. Now, we're not going to turn to it, but um, I just want you to, uh, one of the ex- the exceptions that people say to me sometimes as well, You know, Jesus can do, God can do anything. I said, Well, can He? Can God do everything? Can God do anything? Well, can He lie? Can He go against His word? Does He change? So He can't do anything. And they said, Well, He's sovereign. Well, he is sovereign, but he's sovereign according to his will. If you don't know what's in the Bible, you don't know his will. Jesus said, if you've seen me, you have seen the Father. You're looking at the heart of God when you look at Jesus. Jesus and the Word are one. So it's in you. You have to release what God has given you. If you're a born-again child of God... The Spirit of the Lord is in you. I heard this the other day, and I thought it was very, um, very wonderful because the Word, I'm, I'm so grounded in the things of the Word. And thank you, Jesus, for teachers that would teach and teach and teach and stand against all sorts of uh, demonic attacks. And they taught. In the, but this is what I heard. The Word is the bedrock that the anointing flows Can you get that picture? That is so wonderful. The word in you. The word in you. That anointing flowing out of you. God says he'll never leave you. He'll never forsake you. So, you have that in you. So, God is sovereign, but he's sovereign according to his word. He does what he says he did in the word, what Jesus did in the word. What the word says is what God does. Now, it's important to realize that 2,000 years ago, the price was paid. The sin you sin tomorrow is Jesus going back to the cross for. No. He's, it's already done. When did you receive that? When you accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior. When do you get your healing? When you accept Jesus as your healer. Well, how come it's taken so long you know what, I wish I could tell you, I don't like that seed, time, and harvest. But there's coming a day that the harvesters are over going to overtake, overtake. You're going to plant a seed, and you're going to see an instant harvest. But do you know you have to put the sickle in the harvest? You, got, you have to put the sickle in? You, you've got to do something. Oh, Jesus, heal me. Okay, he didn't do it. See, you have to release your faith, and you cannot let your eyes, you cannot let your physical senses tell you what Jesus gave you. I want you to prove to me that you're born again and that you're going to go to heaven when you, when you exit this body. Who can prove it to me? I want proof right now. Who can prove it to me? Don't look at me so puzzled. Healing team ought to be jumping up and going, I know, I know, I know prove it. That's your proof right there. God said it. It's settled. And I believe it and I receive it for myself. And the day that you did that is when you change. You believe in your heart and you speak with your mouth. That's how easy healing comes. That's how easy healing comes. Now, I want to ask you something. Did your hair change colors when you were born again? I mean, did you grow five feet or shrink five feet when you were born again? Yet you know that you know that you know something happened when Jesus came in your heart. You know something different happened. That's how you take healing. You release your faith. You believe. You grab a hold of it. You look. Well, let me start from the beginning. You get the word of God. Put that word of God in in you. Put it in you. Put it in you. Put it in you. Put it in you. It will bubble up and come out. And I can tell you the best of the best word stealers can't steal it from you when you get a revelation and you know that it sinks down inside of you. It doesn't matter who it is, what it is. It doesn't make any difference. You got it. You're going to see it. You just have to wait. I already know. See, if you don't see it before you see it, you'll never see it. You have to use your spiritual eyes to grab a hold of, just like you did with salvation. And your body doesn't have any choice but to come along for the ride. It will line up to the Word of God. So let's look at this. Let's look at our benefit package. It says, bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless His holy name. Bless the Lord. So Father, we just bless you today. Oh, my soul. Now, your soul is your mind, your will, and and emotions. And blessed means to be empowered to prosper. That's what that means. And forget not, forget not all his benefits. Now, does it say forget forget not only one benefit? All, all. Is healing a benefit? It is a benefit. All right. So that's what we're going to get today. Today's our healing day. Today's our receiving day. Thank you, Lord. That spirit of heaviness that's on you, that spirit that's been tormenting you in the name of Jesus right now, I take authority over it and I command it to go in Jesus' name. You'll not have those problems, whoever that is. You're not going to have those problems anymore. Glory to God. Who forgiveth all thy iniquities, whose healeth part of your diseases? All. He doesn't pick and choose. He says all. So what I was going to go and tell you, I get this thing about, well, Jesus couldn't, couldn't heal in his own hometown. So not everybody got healed. Why could he not heal in his own ta- home hometown? You know what the Bible says about it? Because of their unbelief. All right, let's take the next step. What is the very next thing Jesus did? He went about teaching. That's the very next thing he did. What did he teach? Hey, I've come that you can be free. I've come that you can be healed. I've been anointed of Father God to lift the burdens, destroy the yokes, to set the captives free. If you're a captive today, guess what? Jesus is on your side. I'm free. I'm free. Are you free today? I'm free. I'm not waiting for somebody to tell me I'm free. I choose to be free today. Listen, when you get a revelation of what we're going to be talking about this weekend, and you just get it down inside of you, you're going to be like Miss Juanita only. She's going to have the lion's vein on her, bold. I have this picture Uh, My uh, uh, my, uh, thing that, that shows going into the prayer room like a little kitten and it come out like a big roaring lion. You're going to go and you're going to access the benefits of God knowing that God's heart is for you to have them. He's never trying to keep them from you. You never have to plead and beg with God. All you have to do is position yourself to receive what he's already done. He already did it. And why would you be a favorite child and be able to get it, and I wouldn't be? See, people want to people keep their sickness and disease. They want to tell you how God's power doesn't work today. How, you know, they have never seen anything like that. Well, you know what? All you have to do is look around. Miracles upon miracles. We saw a miracle, I think it's about two or three weeks ago. A young lady had 80 different sicknesses in her body, 80 She was like this with her hands. She was in a wheelchair. She used to be a pianist, and she would play healing meetings. It's on the Kenneth Copeland website if you want to go look at it. She watched online, and she began to receive her healing. She was 45 minutes. The service was already well in progress. It was towards the end. Her husband brought her to that service that night. And you know what? She got out of the wheelchair, and I want to show you something. She started walking. Now, first of all, she stood. She hadn't done that in forever. They had to physically, her husband lifted her up from the car and put her in the wheelchair. One of the ushers testified the next day, and she came the next day. Well, then she said, you could see a little bit. Her hands were were already starting to straighten out, but her hands were straightened out. But when she stood up, and she's like this, after a little while... She's standing, and she's standing on her own. The next thing, when he prays for her, she goes down, and when she's down, all the tremors are gone. They pick her up, and she starts to walk, and this is how she's walking. You know, it's a process. Healing's a process. We want microwave instant, and it's done. But, you know, we didn't get there overnight in most cases. And there's some things that we have guarded from God that says, no, well, I want, instant, I want instant miracles, but I don't want you to change this part of my life. Well, that's not really how God works. But, you know, you don't have to be. You don't have to be born again to receive. Just think about it. Were any of the disciples born again when they received? Were any of those people? None of them. Kenneth Hagin said it this way. Healing's a dinner bell to bring people into the kingdom. Glory to God. Isn't that wonderful? So here she's walking, and pretty soon she's starting to walk like this, and then she's starting to walk like this, and then she's going like this. And then pretty soon she's up at the piano, and she's playing right along with all the songs, and then she's testifying. There's miracle of things. I saw a lady um, just a couple weeks ago, came up with Parkinson's. You could see When she came back, you could see it was a matter of a couple minutes, completely all the tremors gone. She was back home in her house, talking, walking, singing. She hugged everything that moved, some things that probably didn't. I don't know. And I believe in this ministry that you are going to see Alzheimer's, Lewy body, Parkinson's, uh, cancer, dementia of every kind scream as it flees and terrors and set the captives free. You're going to see them come in not being able to function, and you're going to see them fully restored and leaving wheelchairs and leaving apparatuses that they've needed. In diseases of long continuance, I read that they're under the curse. If you've not already done so, go to Deuteronomy 28 and read what belongs to you, read what is under the curse, failing of eyesight, you know, poverty is under the curse, all of that. God, that, you know, Jesus paid such a high price for us to be free. But faith is your hookup to receive that. So, let's finish this. Who forgiveth all thy iniquities, who heals all thy diseases, who redeems your life from destruction, who crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercies. Ooh, it says his tender mercies are new and afresh every day. I receive them every day. Lord, I thank you for your tender mercies. Who satisfies my mouth with good things. Satisfies your mouth with good things. You know what that is? The word of God coming out of your mouth the word of God, being thankful. You know, if you're in a hard place today and life has been pretty tough, I encourage you to go back and just start thanking God for everything in your life that you are grateful for. Do you know what? Not only does it turn the tide of your thinking, but you get your, you get your eyes off of defeat and you put them on victory and then God raises you to another level. You know, the hope comes, and then you mix it with faith, and you get results. And not only that, um, when you see somebody that is needing something, if you're believing for your healing and your standing, go pray for somebody. Go sow the seed. Seed, time, and harvest never fails. God says, as long as the earth remains, seed, time, and harvest will be here. So, uh, so, he satisfies your mouth with good things. Now, the Bible says we overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. You cannot receive healing in your body and then go out of here and say, well, I guess I didn't get it. Because guess which one you believe more? You believe your own words. And the Bible says, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth will speak. Listen, just go in the back in your mind of the last five hours. What has come out of your mouth? Has it been godly edifying or has it been cursey defeating? Say, well, you know, I don't believe all of that stuff about the words of your mouth. Well, the devil does. So the choice is yours. You either go to the devil's camp and line up and you get everything that he promises you and more. Or you go to God's camp and you operate in God's camp and you get everything. He withholds no good thing from you. Well, who does? Start, you got to start right there. If there's no renewing of the mind, there's no receiving. I'm going to talk about that a little bit tomorrow. There's no renewing of the mind, there's no receiving. You can't get God's stuff and do it the enemy's way. Now, and the souls of you that have listened to me more than a couple times, you've heard the brownie recipe, but we got new people. <laughs> we're going to do the brownie recipe. I make the best brownies. I mean, they are just absolutely wonderful. I import the ingredients. The chocolate is so good, it just melts. Oh, it's just so wonderful. But there's a little tiny ingredient in there that I think will add a little something, so I'm going to add it. All right? I'm going to stir it up. I'm going to bake those brownies. Can you smell them? They smell pretty good. Now, before you take a brownie, I have to tell you the last ingredient to see if you still want the brownie. Are you ready? I put just a little teaspoon, just a little teaspoon of manure in there because, of course, it makes the flowers grow, right? It's good for the flowers. Do you want any of those brownies? No. Who does? I don't even want them. So why do I say that? I'll tell you what. If you do it all of God's way, but you have a little teaspoon of you in there that you think you can do better than God, you can improve on what God said and how God said to do it, you have tainted brownies. Now, I don't know why, but nobody wants to eat my brownies even when I make them right. (laughs) So he said, your youth is renewed like the eagles. Your youth, now for those of you that are under 20, this doesn't mean a hill of beans to you. For those of you that are over that, it means something. So, But, you know, your youth isn't automatically poofed on you. You don't get it poofed on you. You have to do something for it. Do you have to believe that you receive? You have to first believe that it's a benefit that's been provided then you have to take a whole of the benefit. Now, in Ms. Juanita's case, what, what happens if she needed health benefits? And she said, well, you know, I really need to go to the doctor. I really need to do this. But um, you know what? I, I, I don't know if I'm going to... I don't know if they will let me go to this particular doctor, so I'm not going to go. See, she has benefits. But if she is not going to exercise her right to receive them she will never get them and she will depart this world not having any ever exercised her benefits you have benefits they've been paid for they are paid for they belong to you so let's see what else we've got the lord executeth righteousness and judgment for all all that are what oppressed oppressed are you oppressed today about anything Go to the Lord. He said, I'm going to. I'll take care of you. I'll take care of the situation. But he can't do it if you don't invite him and trust him to do it. Now I want to just read verse 8. The Lord is merciful and gracious, slow to anger and plenteous in mercy. And it says the Lord is, <clears throat> it also says that the Lord is good to all that call upon him. He's merciful. How do you see God? How do you receive from God? Do you have problems receiving from God today? It's an easy thing. I'm reminded of this. If you have anything against anybody, you need to forgive because unforgiveness will block. I don't care what they did, how they did it, how long ago it is, how current it is. It doesn't make any difference. Just release forgiveness. Forgiveness is not a feeling. It's an act of your will. I release forgiveness. I refuse any unforgiveness. Where there's strife. There's evil, every evil work where there's strife. You got any strife in your house? Get it out because all you do is invite the enemy in. Every evil work. I don't want the enemy. I got enough opportunities to fight without inviting them in. Don't you? Well, glory to God. Pastor, it's all yours.
0: Uh, witnessed a miracle <laughs> this kind of stuff it's, it's, it's hard to stop but Joe, <laughs> Joe did and uh, I was thinking about what you were saying seed time and harvest that's the way the Bible says the kingdom of God operates but some reason you know if you have a farmer goes out and he plants his crop he doesn't come out a couple of days later and he's upset because he doesn't see the crop he has faith that's growing in the ground. and But we have someone that comes up and whispers, it didn't work. Nothing's going on. And the truth is, we believe that it's planted and it's growing. And so it grows. Now I believe, and um, I love the instant. I, I believe for it. The, the miracle. And um, that's something we like to see, but You don't get that. You always have the seed. You always have the word. Let be planted. Don't get discouraged. You keep on, keep on going. And one thing I've experienced and seen if people keep on, keeping on. Or it's just like, come tomorrow morning, come tomorrow night. It's a process that can be accelerated as you keep yourself before the word and, 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 and receiving. Really, water and nourishment for that seed. It can be, it can be quickened. But I think I'm gonna just talk for a few minutes about. I was trying to think. Um, Joe and I didn't talk about what we were on talking about except for healing. But so a lot of it, she uh, was what I was thinking about. So I want to look at Isaiah chapter 53, verse 3. It's from the Amplified. i to read it to you. It says, He was despised and rejected and forsaken by men. Of course, it's talking about Jesus. A man of sorrows and pains, acquainted with grief and sickness. And like one from whom men hid their faces, he was despised. And we did not appreciate his worth, Or have any esteem for him. Surely he has borne our griefs, our sickness, our weaknesses, our distresses. Aren't you glad he took your stress, your distresses, weakness, sickness. Carried our sorrows and pains of punishment. I've had people say, I don't deserve to be healed. I'm being punished for this. Well, Jesus took our punishment. So it's not from God. You, you're listening to the wrong voice saying you deserve this as punishment for all you've done, all that type of stuff. Now Jesus took our punishment. Yet we ignorantly considered him stricken, smitten, and afflicted by God as if with leprosy. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our guilt and iniquities. Chastisement needed to obtain peace and well-being for us was upon him. And with his stripes that wounded him, we are healed and made whole. It's always God's will to heal. At the cross, Jesus took care of our sins. He took care of our sickness, disease, uh, the afflictions on the soul, oppression, depression. He took, he took care of all those things. But what I want you to look at for just and think about just for a few moments, the same price was paid for both the same price that was paid for your forgiveness of sins was paid for your healing at the same time at the same place that that blood took care the blood is sufficient <laughs> it took care of it all it paid the price now most of us most of the body of christ will totally 100% agree that jesus has forgiven our sins he forgives our sins well, if you believe that, that's the guarantee that he's the healer. Because at the same time, the same price, he paid for your healing. So that's rejoicing. If you believe that, that's it's awesome. That's a guarantee that healing is yours. It's just like if I'm, I say I wanted a, an apple and I went to Walmart And I go in there, and before I I get and see the apples, I'm drawn by these big screen TVs. I see this big screen TV I like, and it's uh, $4,000. So I get it, and I get my apple. My apple's 89 cents. And I I go home and get my big screen, and I got it, and I want to eat my apple and watch my big screen TV. I left my Ample at Walmart. What am I going to do? I'm going to stay at home, watch my big screen, go in the kitchen, get something else, not get Ample. Because it's 89 cents, you know, forget it. But think about this. I go to Walmart, I get my big screen TV, it's $4,000. And there's only one Ample left in the world. I'd say it's the greatest Ample ever. It's just one left. It's $4,000. say, so I want both because I really want this Apple. So I, I get home. I get my big screen set up. Oh, I left my Apple at Walmart. What am I going to do? I'm going to Walmart and go get my Apple. I'm calling them on the way. Because the same price I paid for the big screen bought that Apple. So I'm not going to leave out the healing. Yes, forgiveness of sins, getting the the heaven, I believe, is the most important. But why should I leave out what was already bought and paid for at the same time? And the price that Jesus paid was so much more than $4,000. What he provided and did for us that would be his sons and daughters is so much more. So the price was paid at the same time. The same cost, the same price. And you've got to renew your mind to where you're totally convinced that sickness didn't come from God. If Jesus believed that, or Jesus said, My Father's will is to make you sick, there'd be some instance in scriptures where He would make someone sick. But He didn't. He did the opposite. He brought healing, He brought relief. Aren't you glad? I put in my notes, Jesus needs to be rewarded for his suffering. I want him rewarded for the great sacrifice and the love and the price that he paid. I want to see as many people born again and come into the family of God as possible. I want to see him rewarded for that sickness and disease and the the punishment that he took for us. I want him to see him rewarded And every time someone gets healed, every time someone gets their life changed, every time someone accepts Jesus as Lord, Jesus is honored. We're called to bring Him honor in this earth. We're called to make His name famous, to see Him glorified and honored in the earth. And that's how He is when we, we do that. Healing and forgiveness of sins Is forever it's valid forever it's a eternal covenant you're not gonna be in heaven 5,000 years from now there's you hear a trumpet blow we have a problem in heaven the price that was paid has run out everyone board the the buses over here you're headed to hell because it's it's over (laughs) it's finished we never have to think about that. And same for healing. It's eternal. It's it's forever. It's not going to be a day 5,000 years from now. All of a sudden you feel back pain. I've never experienced that in heaven. 5,000 years. I forgot what pain was like. And where did that come from? Then you hear the announcement. That part of the sacrifice has run out. <laughs> you will now, we're going to start building hospitals and Anybody was a doctor on earth, we need you. There is no hospitals in heaven. There is no doctors. But we're hooked up to heaven. We're a part of the family of God. You know, I was thinking about uh, just some of the things, miracles seen. But you know, that standing and, and demanding. We're not demanding of God, we're not asking of God, actually first time I saw uh, a miracle it was in youth group and this one of our teenagers had a big growth on her ear and uh, she said would you pray for her? It was after service and I just reached up and I said ear and I, well I was going to say ear you be healed in Jesus name and as soon as I touched it it was gone she jumped and she goes she said, it's not there. I said, no. I felt it just, you know, gone. And I wasn't praying. I was really just speaking the benefit. Ear be healed in Jesus' name. Not a real long prayer, not a real declaration, wherever you want to call it. It was just very simple. A little later on, we had uh, a lady that, uh, in the church there, she came Uh, early service said would you pray for me my back's really hurting me and just what came out of me it was not a long prayer because really she uh, the spirit overcame her and she was out but I just said back be healed in Jesus and she's gone and she gets up and she's bending and twisting I'm going I've made this thing too hard what in the world I'm not even trying here you know it's just like This is a, 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 you know, it's it's simple. He said yes and amen. So we've got to believe the yes and amen and receive that. I was ministering in another church, and it was a lady who was blind in one eye. Not a long prayer, just laid hands on her and said, I open up in Jesus' name. And, you know, nothing immediate happened. I said, just sit there on in the chair, and you just start Keep thanking God for your healing. She did doing that. I'm praying for somebody else, and and I hear she screams. Everything stopped. She screams. I can see. And I thought to her, and she said, "My eyes open." And she goes, "It's it's fading." And it was actually bouncing in and out. I said, "No, no." You resist, say, No, I am healed. You just keep thinking, be even loud, Thank the Lord for your healing. And it caught. And she's going like this. And she goes, And the music leader was up there and goes, Man, you look good. <laughs> anyway, I don't think uh, his wife appreciated that. But anyway. <laughs> Back pain left, okay. Somebody's back. Anybody having back pain? It was you. Your pain left. Oh, it's gone. Okay. Hallelujah. Pain can leave while we're doing this. In Luke ten verse eight, it says, "When you enter a town and are welcomed, eat what is set before you, and heal the sick." who are there and tell them the kingdom of God is near you well the kingdom of God is here in us and he said heal the sick he really didn't say pray for me to heal him." he said heal them that always that can be a challenge one of the things that challenges me when I hear Jesus say when I come back well I find faith in the earth and he's saying you heal them we're not the healer But we're to have confidence that the healer resides on the inside of us. He does the healing. He needs us to speak. He needs our hands laid on people. He needs us to pray. We're partners with him. But he's the healer. But he said, go heal them. What a way to bring people into the kingdom. (laughs) One of the things Jesus never said, I'm sorry it's not my Father's will to heal you. He never said that. I'm so glad he didn't. Jesus only did what the Father did. We've already heard that. You've seen Jesus. You've seen the Father. Acts 10, 38, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power, who went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. Jesus actually shows us how living and walking in a relationship with God should look like. He's our example. He did not do miracles and healings and do these things, these signs and wonders, because he was God. I mean, no, Jesus is God. But he laid aside all of that and walked in humanity. He walked as a man in connection and fellowship with Father God. No wonder he said, you'll do the same works and greater works because you have connection. Why did he say Greater. It's greater because the price has now been paid. When Jesus said that, he hadn't gone to the cross yet. Now the price has been paid, it's been resurrected, and the covenant's been ratified by his very own blood around the other side of the cross. So we should do even greater. Ah. Ah. Excuse me. So how did Jesus heal? It says, for the God was with him. Now hold it past for God is sovereign. Yes, he sovereignly made the decision to already heal you. He already made that decision in his sovereignty. And I, I was looking at how many times did he said he healed all. And I'm not going to read, uh, I'll just read a couple of these. Matthew four twenty four. news spread, news about him spread all over Syria. People were brought to him all who were ill with various diseases, suffering severe pain, the demon possessed, those having seizures and the paralyzing. He healed them. Matthew 8:16, when evening came many who were demon-possessed were brought to him. He drove out the spirits with the word and healed all the sick. Matthew 9:35 Jesus went through all the towns and villages teaching, in their synagogues, preaching the good news of the kingdom, healing every disease and sickness. It's just so many of these. Matthew twelve fifteen. Aware of this, Jesus withdrew from that place. Many followed him, and he healed all their sick. We're included in all. <laughs> no one's left out. And he did this over and over and over. Something else Jesus never said, My Father's building character in your life, so you will have to remain a leper a little longer. Well, you know, we we build uh, theology out of our experience. And after someone, we pray for someone, and time goes by and they haven't got healed, and so well, God's just building character in them. Well, that's not what the word says. That's not what uh, you know, scriptures tell us. Aren't you glad that it, this, is a, this is a gift that was purchased at the cross? You know non-believers can get hold of this? You don't even have to be a believer. You realize Jesus never prayed for any Christians? There weren't any. Oh, pastor, God sometimes says no or Wait. Well, he says no if it's against the covenant, against the Word. He says no to go that silly thought you had to go robbing the bank and giving your tithe of what you collect to God. <laughs> does he say wait? He doesn't say wait on getting saved, does he? Pastor, would you pray for me? I'd like to accept Jesus Christ the Lord of my life. No, you're going to have to wait. I prayed about, I sought the Lord, I heard his voice. He said, not now, not now. God's still working in your life. Now, this is part of the atonement. This is part of the cross. Somebody comes up, would you pray for me for healing? No, God said not now. When it comes to things of the cross, the atonement, it's already a done deal. It happened before we were here. And that the stipulation is releasing faith and believing. Jesus, you think about... I don't know if I want to go off on that tangent, but you think about the people he ministered to. He didn't even say, look, I need you to ask forgiveness of all the sins, everything you've ever done. Now, he brought healing... And then the man who was healed goes to the temple and says, Who healed you? He said, uh, I, I don't know. <laughs> he didn't even know. And Jesus goes and finds him and said, Look, don't sin any more unless something else comes on you. See, he healed him before, and there was no guarantee the man was going to repent and turn even then. Which comes first, healing or forgiveness of sins? My answer is yes. I've seen it both ways. I've seen people healed. Well, if God can touch my body, that means he can touch my heart, my spirit. And they get saved. Or God saves them, then they get healed. But it's all the work of the cross. It was paid for at the same time. It was paid in full at the same time. That's the reason we can go to anyone who is a believer or unbeliever, and they are suffering with pain in their body, and we can pray for them. I had a man at work, not a believer. He was a, a young man, and he was suffering. He was having pain. He was, uh, did not have sick leave because he hadn't been there long enough, and he's just going through it, pain. Headache, suffering. We went to this meeting, which would give you a headache even if you didn't have a headache. But anyway, it's so anyway. You're in this meeting that's just dragging and keep on going. He's just over there sniffling and headache and just suffering. And um, so anyway, he actually since they said that's it, he was gone. And I I left quickly after him that I'm catching. We got back to the office first. I said, "Ken, look, um, can I pray for you?" Now he knew as a Christian and everything, but he was not nothing towards Jesus at all. So, uh, in his desperation, he said, "Yes." <laughs> so I prayed one of those long religious prayers. You know those time prayers where you. Preach about the blood of Jesus and His salvation on the cross in hopes that they'll get saved <laughs> those nobody's ever heard those or done those okay <laughs> or you've done those you ever heard those uh, prayers over the food and the salvation messages in it? The gospel's in it and go, my goodness. Now around my house and those long prayers, I look up and my whole family's eating. It just didn't work there. <laughs> anyway, anyway, Ken, I go over and I said, thank you, Lord, for touching Ken's body. That was it. In Amen. Jesus' name. Quick prayer. I go back to my seat and I look over him. He's going, Wow. That's what he did. I wish I, I can still see it. It's like slow motion. I turn, he goes, wow. <laughs> so I just kind of smile. I said, what? He said, it's completely gone. My sinus is cleared up. My headache left. I'm breathing fine. Everything. Well, what happened to Ken about a month later? He got born again. We had a little group that met at lunch, and one day Ken came in and joined us. And he accepted Jesus Christ as the Lord of his life. What comes first, healing and forgiveness? I don't care. Price was paid. (laughs) Price was paid. Main thing is get them both. Get them both because Jesus needs to be honored for the suffering and the price that he paid for us. Thank you, Lord. Another thing, Jesus, well, let me mention this because I said building character. I got an example here. I said, Grandma dies of cancer. She thanks the Lord for the cancer because it brought her closer to God. She got to pray for family. Thing is, cancer is not a blessing. And God did not need cancer to reach the family. He did not need that. That doesn't need to be anything else done except for us to minister Jesus and show the love of God. other thing Jesus never said, my father doesn't want to heal you until after you die. Heard that one? And it's true, grandma dies of cancer and she's dancing in the streets of heaven. And it's called the, you know, the the ultimate healing, and it's true. But I want you to look at the life of Jesus. Jesus never settled for ultimate healing. When it says he healed them all, he didn't go kill some of them and say, "Hey, you're getting the ultimate healing." Peter, take that one out. <laughs> no, that didn't happen. He never settled for that. Why? Because really, this covenant what happens is for today for here on this earth there is no need for healing forgiveness of sins in heaven there is no hospitals there is no insurance plans there is no politicians and government and all that perfect weather i mean it's a wonderful place that's in our future for all eternity till after you die. I'm going to skip through all this. I think we... Jesus never said, I would like to heal you, but my father, he heard your prayer and answered, it's not now, so next time I'm in town, check with me. (laughs) And I talked about that, you know, and there are things that God reveals to you, his will, there are things that uh, he's orchestrating your life, And and those things take time. And he gives you what you need at the time. If he showed you the whole thing, we'd run for the (laughs) dairy queen or whatever. We'd get away. Jesus never said, it looks like you don't have enough faith. Bummer. He never said that. Now, he did say that your faith has made you whole. And he said that about half the time. But the other times, he didn't say that. In fact, when they brought the the crippled man through the roof, remember? It said Jesus saw their faith. Saw their faith. So it was collectively. And I think about the the boy who was throwing himself in the fire and stuff, and the disciples tried to bring uh, deliverance and healing to him. And, and Jesus came and he, he brought the, the deliverance and the healing. And the disciples came and said, why couldn't we? He didn't say because of the boy's unbelief or the father's unbelief. He said because of your unbelief. See, I don't, this is the way I see it when I look at Jesus. Let me say this, Jesus is perfect theology, And if you want to know perfect theology, look at Jesus. Look at his life. Look what he did. That's perfect theology. But when I see that when people came to Jesus, they were all healed, there should be a place in us that I'm not looking at the, call it the victim's faith so much. If they have enough faith to come, and to ask, we've got to rise up and be able to have the rest. Because Jesus never turned away anyone that came to him. Now, I don't believe you enforce it on people. I've been to hospitals to see people who did not want me there. <laughs> and I don't believe you can force something on somebody. And... uh I, I, was, I got wise after a while and started saying, do they want me to come? Well, no, really, they don't. Well, I'd rather not <laughs> go through that because it's, they're not going to receive anyway. But I want us to be able to, they have the faith to come to us that we deliver the goods. Now, w- the whole body of Christ is to mentor, minister healing. I don't see, you know, somebody carrying the anointing that Jesus carried probably be so puffed up, you know, (laughs) It's But we're the body of Christ, and we have the kingdom of God inside of us. We have the healing anointing to minister healing to people. And you're talking about, I believe what Kenneth Hagin said, it's a dinner bell, Lester Summerall. Many uh, people uh, said the way to bring people into the kingdom is just go get them healed. But Jesus never, ever said that. Real faith is choosing to rely on Him. Uh, Sometimes we expect our faith to be perfect, but it doesn't have to be perfect. It's not so much that I'm looking at my faith. My faith is in His perfection. I'm looking at Him. I, I have faith that He will flow through me. I have... God always hears our prayers. I have faith that always hear. Prayer is always effective. It always gets answered when well, it lines up with the Word. Always. And we have to get that uh, understanding in us. So it's not the person's perfect faith that gets a person healed. In Jesus, he was uh, a normal guy. People didn't know he was the Messiah. They thought he was a rabbi. But what they had, they had faith in God That God would release power through Jesus is what it amounts to. And all of us, I would be healed if Jesus was here and he touched me. Well, would we have that confidence that he is here in us? That's what he said. He is here. So you can be confident because he is in us, Jesus is here. The Pool of Bethesda said, do you want to be healed? <laughs> I will say this, though. Somebody has to have faith because it's the only way. So it's impossible to please God without faith. Somebody has to have faith. But I'm saying the person that's going through the sickness and the disease, they've got enough going on. They can get there or ask for it. We've got to have the goods to bring the rest. Amen. And that's just kind of our, our challenge. I know there's, uh, when there's things, emotionally it goes through people's life. When it's, it's family, it's, uh, it plays in emotions. It's, it's a tough place. And you can't let past experience, or maybe there's been a tragedy, maybe someone in your family has died, you can't let that stop you. You've got to release that any guilt or any shame or any condemnation about that. You've got to let it go and get back and base your theology on the Word or Jesus' perfect theology. Jesus never said, My Father gave you this disease to make me look more glorious. I've heard this several times. All this is for the glory of God. John 11, verse 4. When He heard this, Jesus said... This sickness will not end in death. No, it is for God's glory, so that God's Son may be glorified through it. This sickness was not the part that brought glory to God, it's the resurrection. Lazarus was raised from the dead. That's where God got the glory. That's where God, Jesus, was honored for the sacrifice at this time he was about to make at the cross. That's where the reward for his suffering is, is when we receive, when we partake what he so richly has given to us. John nine verse two, his disciples asked Rabbi, "Who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind?" That I always get, makes me laugh. I just get this picture of a man, yeah. I, a baby in the womb sinning, causing this baby to be blind. Does anybody think that's humorous But me? I mean, what did this baby in the womb do? Start playing poker in there and I, I, I don't know. Yeah, just, but to sin. What a, what a question. The so disciples said, who, who sinned, the baby <laughs> in the womb or the parents that make this one blind? And Jesus said, neither this man nor his parents sinned. We live in the fallen earth. I mean, there's things that happen, and it doesn't mean it was the parents or the you know, child's fault. Neither this man nor his parents sinned, said Jesus, but this happened so that the work of God might be displayed in his life. Jesus was saying sickness made a way for God's power to be displayed. We need to get to the place somebody's sick, oh, hallelujah. A a way for God's demonstration or a way for God to be honored to display His power. That's why we got to look at it. Oh, here's an opportunity. Here's a place that I get to minister and witness to someone about coming with my little <laughs> track or or coming, don't you know you're going to hell. <laughs> Reminds of me of old witnessing days, some of the guys I'm around with and <clears throat> the pup crawl and all that stuff. I didn't go. I did I had grown and had no sense not to go. But I mean, uh yeah, you know, so how did it go? Well, we still, one side of the road, across from all the bars, they were doing their uh, pub crawl, there all dressed in green, and uh, we were saying, you're going to hell, you're going to hell. I said, what would they do? Anybody get saved? No, they threw bottles at us and stuff. So said, we just rejoiced because we were persecuted for righteousness' sake. I said, I think you were persecuted for being stupid. Yes, I guess they were, they were trying. But what about you see somebody sick, and you're able to minister to them? Or you have some friend or somebody in family, someone can't just pray for you. And don't pray a long prayer, just pray a short one to have confidence that God heard. Because God wants a meal more than you do. He wants to minister to them. Thank you, Lord. Can God receive glory through your life while sick? Yes. You can still have God working in your life. It's almost like some people will fight you over their right to keep sick, keep broke, that, you know, to keep part of the curse. I'm going to stop with this, I believe. And um, this this illustration and we're going to pray for people. But, you know, I'd say you you have a man, he he runs into a burning building and he goes in there and he rescues as his building's on fire. He runs in and he saves 15 people, gets them out. What happens? The news media celebrates, you know, he's like a hero, the... The the mayor of the city's is ready to give him a key. It's just a wonderful rejoicing time. Well, the very next day we find out that he set the fire on purpose in order for him to go in and save these people that he would get the glory from all this. What's going to happen to him? He's going to be arrested. He's going to jail. But see, people will say... Well, God made you sick for his honor and his glory. That's not the way it used to be believed. It's kind of like God and the devil traded job descriptions. <laughs> and a lot of people believe that. But see, there's no way you're going to get healed if there's any part of you that think that God put this on you or God's your problem, God's uh, putting this bad things on you. You're not going to get healed. You've got to be renewed, renew your mind that that's truly the devil. He's, He's the enemy. He's the one that comes and attacks us. And the last thing I'm going to say, I believe... Jesus said, never said this, we need to figure out all the spiritual roots of the sickness or it will not work. This is another thing I don't see Jesus doing, but it's something that through our experience or frustrations, we have formed this theology. Look, we've got to know what's going on, everything here. We're going to interview you for the next several days, and we're going to find out exactly what makes you tick and doesn't tick and, and all this stuff. And it's just not, I don't see Jesus doing that. You know, uh, Joe had mentioned forgiveness, and, and you need to forgive, but, you know, I never see Jesus saying, look, before I do this and minister healing to you, I need you to forgive I need you to forgive this one, this one, this one. Also forgive yourself. Now, I've seen people healed. I've got friends that have done that and received healing. And, and that's, that's good. And you should. And if God speaks to you, do that. But I never see Jesus putting any stipulations on anyone when we ministered to him. He just ministered to him. Interesting. But see, we won't form a doctrine. Now, you cannot be healed until you've forgiven each and every person. And we can't form that doctrine because when I look at Jesus, not there, even though I know people have been healed because they have forgiven. I have a person in our church that did that said they didn't receive their healing until they forgave, and the Lord set this person before them. They saw this person, and they forgave them and actually called them afterwards, asked forgiveness, and then they were healed. God God does that. But I can't form a theology on that because Jesus is perfect theology. I don't need to go in and know all your history and everything that you've ever done, bad, good, indifferent, or whatever. Don't need it to minister healing to you. Because it will override, God's power will override anything you've done. Because it's not based on your performance or your behavior. It's based on the performance of Jesus Christ, what he did at the cross. And it's more than enough. More than enough for every single person on this present planet to be totally healed and made whole. Resurrection, this power. The same power that raised Jesus from the dead is inside of us. That's the reason greater works, because resurrection powers now resident on the inside of us. And we can do it. We've got to do it. And minister forth in His name. If you'd like to get more information about resources from Church of the Harvest, please check out our website at midsouthharvest.org. You may also contact us by phone at 662-890-1573 or toll free at 866-383-8277. You are Lord,